oh, I was really happy this year. Some of my birthday cards came with glitter on them, and then you flip it on the back, and it says it's cellulose, but it's not plastic. So like, yay, no microplastics. Oh, well, your <laughs> friends know you, don't they? <laughs> Apparently. I was very happy. <laughs> Even if you're not bothered about microplastics, glitter goes everywhere. And then it, you're like finding glitter years later, and you have a piece of glitter on your cheek, and you only had one glitter card. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like a virus. <laughs> yeah when people think why do, why should i wear a mask you just imagine that coronavirus is that glitter card <laughs> <laughs> i was so surprised when i finally came over to england after reading the harry potter books and i was like this is just normal what do you mean like you thought that it was well in the book Nothing in the book was how it is in America. Schools aren't set up like that. There's no such thing as houses. There's no such thing as like separating schools off into sections like that. Boarding schools are really rare. Like it's just not something that we tend to do. Then there was the whole like Diagon Alley and the little street and the pub and the cat. None of that. Don't really see much of that in the US. That culture just isn't there. Those little shopping streets like that. You don't have castles either, do you? So, yeah. yeah, I definitely don't have castles. <laughs> and it was just like all of it. So it was brand new and really magical and really cool. And then when I came over, it was like, you know what? I don't think she made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Not the sort of school I went to, by the way, but I think if maybe if you went to a posh boarding school, it might be, it's, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's reminiscent of a lot of it, but yeah, I just want to, yeah. for the record, stay, I was state educated, because <laughs> you get a bit more credo, you know, if you if you come from less, yeah. I can't pretend I'm not middle class, but I'm first generation middle class, not gentry, so... <laughs> so. That's what you've got to do in, in comedy. If you've got one working class relative, you've got to latch onto that and say, oh, see, I come from nothing and I've worked hard. I'm not saying anybody that's on like TV or anything isn't proficient or decent or good even at what yeah. they're doing. But a lot of it's a lot of it's like either fortune or, or being what someone's after at the time, you know. Like, but we all like to think that we all did it all by ourselves because that's a better story. Because that's what we were fed when we were kids, wasn't it? That if you work hard enough, you can do anything. And it's like, well, yeah, if you work hard and then have the best luck in the world, then you can do anything. Because it's all, like, I would never be here if I'd never met certain people. The end. So it has to be luck. Luck has, or, or whatever you want to believe. But, you know, something like that. I mean, I sort of only can sort of say it from where I see it. I've seen some really, really good young or new comedians, not necessarily young. Mm. And it just doesn't. Yeah, you know, for some reason it just doesn't happen for them. They haven't got a they haven't got a plan B if plan A doesn't work, and not enough yeah. people were into plan A for it to work out. I gave them um, a relatively famous comedian a lift to a gig a couple of years ago. Oh, what was interesting was he was saying when he was starting off, he'd do like every other gig. He would he would he would like just the audience would just be like, "What the hell's this? We're not going for this." Like this right. is you know because if you didn't know who he was, yeah, and again I was saying before like. The whole audience kind of needs to go for You never go to a gig and yeah. like half the audience like you and half don't and it's a good gig because yeah, yeah. there's too much discomfort in the room, you know. Like So mm. so mm. he just do so many of these shows where the audience didn't quite know how to take him. But he did enough gigs where everybody kind of got it and thought they'd seen something special mm. that he got a name for himself. And he's never really done the circuit circuit, you know, like I, like I do the circuit where you have to, you, you have to not, die that often you have to like yeah you have to adapt yourself to as many situations as you can if you want to make a proficient living which right. but he didn't want to do that he said oh, i just wanted to do what i wanted to do and enough people liked it 
And of course yeah. he's a good of course he's a good comedian. He's a very good comedian. But mm. there's another story where there's another guy that did the same thing. And, and it didn't work. It just didn't work because yeah. he just died too much. Someone said, no, he's a liability. And then he just had to stop. And I know some very, very good writers that there's a guy in Leeds that was um, is quit now, but he, he was really bleak. But he was such an amazing joke writer. Mm. But if the audience didn't go for it, he had no way of like, couldn't bring it back. Right. You know, and he just lost so many bookings because sometimes he didn't work. And, yeah. And people booking clubs. I mean, about 20 years ago, you could book a weirdo and put him on your comedy night. And it would be fine because people would be like, oh, it's the 90s. It's weird. It's the 90s. It's fine. It's the 90s. <laughs> but now, because of TripAdvisor, basically, if someone has an average night out, well, everyone's going to hear about that, aren't they? So it's going to be, oh, the middle guy was weird and ruined our night. We didn't come out yeah. for this. So people became very safe. You know, people are just like, we've got to make sure that we book a lineup that will be solid and dependable more than interesting sometimes yeah so you've got to play like you're saying it is a bit of luck because if you don't like you're saying if they just stop having you or whatever then that's that's that unless you do i mean there's other routes you know if you showcase yourself well in edinburgh that you don't have to do it one way some people just have a comedy career from doing well believe it or not from doing podcasts and stuff (laughs) so there's not one route but there is always a bit of luck involved in it i mean i i feel like some people are so talented you'd think that they'd probably make it no matter what you'd think. I mean, I, I struggle to think yeah. of a world where Bob Dylan didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. have you ever seen Inside Llewellyn Davis, the uh, Coen Brothers film? I haven't. It's good. I like it. But it's just about like some contemporary of, of Dylan that they've just made up. They're just like, it all goes wrong. And then at the end, at the end, he leaves the club and Bob Dylan just starts up his song. And it's sort of like, well, you know, it was this guy, but maybe it could have been this guy. You just, yeah. Yeah, well, I just think like a lot of the things, you know, when people say like, oh, maybe it's not luck, you know, maybe, or maybe not all luck or whatever. And I think, well, maybe, but on the flip side, so much else is luck. Even if someone is absolutely fantastic at whatever they do, you know, what's the chance that they were born into a family that didn't need them to work more? You know, if like if you were if you're a teenager or something, and you were born into a you know a family that's struggling, first thing you're going to do is to go and get a job, and then that's it. You don't have time to practice or put effort into whatever you're really good at because you're spending your time working at Denny's or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and all of that, all of those kind of things start to play into what I would consider luck. You know, how you were born, how you grew up, what life experiences you've had that made you make certain decisions or not make decisions. As well as just the fact that, like, you know, what's the chance of if you got on that bus or didn't get on that bus because you missed it or you were late or you dropped something or you spilled milk or you didn't spill the milk. And then, you know, then there's like the whole like sliding doors style, what, how your life changes. Someone tweeted quite a good joke the other day, which was, uh, I wonder what would have happened to Gwyneth Paltrow's career if she hadn't made sliding doors. <laughs> there you go. It's a good joke, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know who did it. I'd love to credit whoever it was, but it's a good joke. That's great. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's why like a lot of a lot of people you see on TV in, in any of the arts, a lot of them come from quite privileged backgrounds just because yeah. they're able to work for free more than yeah, other people. Exactly. You, if your parents say, oh, well, you don't have to worry about rent for a couple of years, you go and do what you, you want, then there's a big leg up, isn't it? So I would like to be quite blunt with the fact that my parents have declared bankruptcy multiple times. <laughs> Also, you've got to be lucky to be born in a time when... Yeah. I mean, imagine, like, being an amazing footballer or... Like, if you were, if you were Diego Maradona and you were born 
500 years ago. It wouldn't matter, would it? You'd, be, <laughs> you'd still be farming cattle or whatever the hell. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be playing with the actual pig skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter like how good you are. For, but but because yeah. you happen to be born in an environment and in a time in human history where he was able to utilize those talents. Yeah. In the Stone Age, they'd be like, <laughs> "No, go, go hunt, go hunt and gather some more berries. Stop, <laughs> stop balancing uh, them on your feet." <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Stop that! No, I do think that's true, and 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 I think we are all quite lucky to be in the day and age that we are in now. But in my opinion, I do think that the generation just before us who were able to buy a house at 19 with, you know, 20,000 pounds or something and mm. buy it outright, that generation definitely had it good in some ways, maybe a little bit better. Plus, they weren't all worried about climate change and dying, you know. Sometimes I feel like one of the reasons I don't want kids is because they're going to have to live in the future. Mm. And like, I'm worried about the future. Whereas if I could have kids... And then we could all time travel back to 1962 or something. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I can be like, well, I can prepare them for this. I can be like, yeah, don't get too attached to JFK. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, that's not going to last. <laughs> they're one years old or something. But um, I feel like um, I, can, I can prepare kids a lot better if, if, if I know what's coming. Yeah. So it was your birthday, wasn't it? Are they talking about that? Yes, it was my birthday on Tuesday. So we'd love lots of comments from listeners just to boost our interactions. <laughs> so I like my birthday. I like I know a lot of people are really hesitant, like they really don't like their birthdays. I don't know if you're a birthday person. Do you like your birthday? Uh not especially, but it's not a black and white thing. Yeah. What I do, I'll let you talk again in a minute. But <laughs> I've stopped trying to think about birthdays as being landmarks and i prefer his age to be a sliding scale I'm, I'm on a sliding scale of aging hopefully slower than the numbers suggest i should be yeah, and then yeah. and then i'll die <laughs> that's, <laughs> Jesus. that's that's yeah i don't want to be putting numbers i'm quite comfortable being in in the 30s i think i, I think yeah. i was always i was kind of born to be in my 30s i think <laughs> you were born 30 uh, pretty much, yeah, I think. <laughs> well, well, my girlfriend, she says that I have reimagined my whole childhood as if I was some misanthropic, <laughs> old-before-my-time figure that <laughs> never really liked being a child and appreciated the the joy of childhood and just always was a cynical sort of like, uh, <laughs> I'm above this kind of thing. Like, I'm not playing with, I'm not playing with toys because I rather think about existentialism. <laughs> and, and read Camus at the age of 11 or something but probably wasn't like that but I like to imagine that my childhood was like that I think and I think I've like I think I've whitewashed my I think basically what I've done with my past is I'm like Stalin basically I've just like I, I just cut my own head out of photographs from the past <laughs> in my mind I'm like I'd rather imagine myself to be the child that I would have liked to have been the misunderstood sort of child that yeah. always was an artist but no one really appreciated him yeah, like growing up, but now that he's in his thirties, people were come round to him. Yeah, so I'm, I think the thirties have been pretty good, but I don't know what I'm going to feel like when I get into the forties. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of, I'm just kind of giving up a little bit with numbers. I just think like, ah, you know, I, with, I feel good, so that's all that matters, right? Yeah, of course it and, is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think like a lot of people, they really attach a lot of 
judgment to numbers as well, which is why I try not to share my age very often. You know, if someone is a certain age, people assume certain things about you, whether that's old or young or somewhere in between. Because I moved to England when I was 17. And after the first year, I had all my visas sorted. And then I was working when I was about 18. And then I remember sitting in an office room and uh, there was this woman and they were kind of having a bit of a chit-chat at the beginning of the meeting before, you know, everyone had arrived. And she was saying about how her son, who was he was 17, didn't know how to use the washing machine and didn't know how to wash his clothes and had called her while she was on holiday in Florida to try and find out how to use the washing machine to wash his clothes. And then they were just like talking about it like it was the most normal thing in the world. And I was just sat there thinking you're so dumb <laughs> that's your fault that is your fault that your son doesn't know how to wash his clothes at 17 i moved to england when i was 17 you want to know when i was washing clothes it was definitely not when i was 17 i mean a little part of me knows that i matured quickly because i had younger siblings and i needed to but on the other side it was like boom and neck i mean you can't sit there and talk about oh kids these days you know i'm according to you i'm a kid these days and i'm quite offended by you talking about us like that because <laughs> i can definitely do my own laundry <laughs> but round about then i gave up with numbers i just said off oh, tosh this this is stupid because i just people just judge you when they know how old you are whether that's young or old and i just thought you know what you can think whatever you want because it doesn't make a difference because i know who i am <laughs> i'm still guessing <laughs> I don't want you to be too much younger than me that's all I don't want to have a teacher that's too much younger than me. I'm not taking advice from someone that's years younger <laughs> well see there you go already already you're judging me <laughs> also with, with it's, it's a little bit different obviously being online but I am quite short and I'm not you know I'm kind of petite as well which I was also premature so I'm oh I'm just tiny <laughs> I just didn't get a chance to grow I was ready I was just like bing let me out um, so I'm small, but I think that gives the impression that I'm younger than I am as well. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy about it. I don't mind looking young, but I do think that sometimes it's... Better than the other way around, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember kids at my school, like 15 years old, going bald and thinking, whoa, like, they didn't even get, like, a chance to enjoy hair, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. just get lumped with a body. You have to deal with it, don't you? But there's no... Yeah. There's no warranty or anything on it. You can't take it back after like 10 years and be like, the hair's not. <laughs> you can just take it back and say, actually, I've decided that I don't like the hips on this yeah. body. Can I please have a different hip? Thank you very much. One that lets me do splits. That would be great. <laughs> That's the other thing about getting old. I'm quite happy to be in the 30s now because I also feel, sometimes I sort of tell myself, well, I'm probably, I'm probably at the peak of my sexual allure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a depressing thought in some ways, but it's not going to get better, is it? Like, I, I like having hair, for example. I feel like yes, that starts yeah. going. But it might not. There's some some people don't don't ever lose their hair. Like my 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 father's got a massive head of hair. Always have really thick, and it's grey. <laughs> you know, it's it's old. I'd be happy to go grey, but I don't. I just don't want to lose lose it. Yeah. I think I'll get a hair transplant if I can afford it. <laughs> And I will do it. I'll do it. It's, it's important to my image. Like I know, but on the flip side, do you not think it's like just something to learn about <laughs> growing old? I mean, I'm not saying we should become like feeble or something. I'm not saying that you should <laughs> oh, let yeah, yourself like, go. I'm not going to embrace that side of it. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, like certain things we really don't have control over. Yeah, of Maybe. course. Maybe. 
because when I started getting into, you know, I'm, I'm worried that we sound like we're doing the most bourgeois podcast in the world. <laughs> but one of the big anxieties that I used to mainly have was just terror about death and the future and that sort of thing. And so yeah. the whole like living in the present moment and just being in the present moment and stuff mm. is quite an important mindset to train myself into. Mm. But part of the problem was, it was, was I'm quite happy to live in the present now mm. because I'm all right now. But am I going to be all right with myself in the future? Or will I just adapt when I get older and just think, oh, well, because you do just adapt, don't you? you yeah. You, mm. you know, like when you know when you get bad news or, or a change in circumstances is coming around the corner that you didn't like a pandemic, for example. Sometimes the thought of it is a lot worse than when you're actually dealing with the things. I mean, it often is. Yeah. We're quite adaptable now. I almost feel like a bit of apprehension about going back to normal in some ways. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I am. Definitely. But, but I will I will adapt, I'm sure, like when it happens, yeah. I'll be like, you know, just two yeah, weeks, I'll be fine. You know? Even now, just like going to the shops, the thought of going to the shops kind of bothers me. And then when I go, it's all right. <laughs> it's fine. But it's like thinking about it. It's like, ooh. But for me, like I've, I think I've said before, my problem is time. You know, how long will it take me? How when will I come back? Will I have time to make lunch before this? And then this happens, and then and and it's all it's all time oriented. Like I will I will literally sit and feel anxious because I know something is coming up in ten minutes, even though I'm completely ready for it. Everything's set up. Everything's fine. I have nothing left to do. I've got all my, you know all my notes, whatever I need. Everything's fine. But I'll still feel a bit like ooh. Oh, I've got that thing in 10 minutes. <laughs> Did you feel like that before we came on? Yeah. I'm so sorry to add to that. It's, it's getting easier with you. It's getting easier oh, because right, I've okay. kind of told myself <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm five minutes late with Peter. <laughs> well, right, Even no, though I doesn't. hope you don't mind. <laughs> I keep thinking like, he said he's got nothing on. So if I'm five minutes well, late, it's fine. <laughs> I've had nothing on. I, well, I would have had something on tonight if I was allowed, yeah. but I'm not allowed. Yeah, so. yeah. Hold on just a second. Andrew, no. it's okay. It's just outside the door. Yeah. No, no. Outside. Okay. Yeah, go on. Quick, quick. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the cartoon sneak. Like Shaggy or Sneaky. Yeah, or yeah. Like he's giving it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I think he's gone. <laughs> anyway, so you were saying... Yeah. Yeah, that. I was a bit wobbling in the at balance the other day, and I thought I, uh, it's not that I thought I had got away with it, but I thought I got away without you mentioning the fact that someone was a bit wobbly, and I was like, no one needed to know that. Well, it's funny that you say that because I thought you would mention that. Um, I said it, and then I thought, you know, who's going to mention that next time I talk to him? But it wasn't that you were really wobbly, because there was someone else in the class that I will not name mm. who was more wobbly. Okay. Yes. So that is why I mentioned it, and 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 then there were other people that were just a bit less wobbly than you, but still wobbly. You know, like yeah. a, there was a range of wobbles going up to someone higher than you in oh, the wobble okay. scale. <laughs> so I did mention it because I wanted to mention it, but I did think that I bet he's thinking I'm talking about him because I noticed you were more wobbly than you normally were. Because I did one side pretty well, actually. Yeah. And I think I got overconfident when I was doing the other side. I was just like, yeah, nailed this. And, you know, it's like once you... <laughs> Someone once told me that if you if you told a bird that what they were doing when they were flying was impossible and they started yeah. thinking about it, they would fall out of the sky. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's like, I agree. 
when I was starting to like do arm balances, like crane and stuff like that, as soon as I was thinking, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, that's when you'd fall. I think that if the, the, the real key to being able to balance quite comfortably, other than like generally having good muscle engagement and that kind of thing, is what you're thinking about. If you think basically at all, you'll wobble. You have to really, really only think about what either what you're doing is in like pressure in the hands or counting one, two, three. That really helps to slow the brain down when you're balancing. But if you start to think about anything else, even like you're saying, even just thinking about, oh, yeah, look how good I am doing it, then that's it. That's it. You fall. <laughs> Definitely. I think about the, um, the engagement in my core and stuff like that, focusing a little bit there in a balance. I don't know, for some reason it... Yeah, I feel a bit yeah, more focused yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. If that makes yeah. any sense. I worry that I'm really terrible at technical explanations. Of, well, because the thing is, I'm an artist, so I live on instinct. Ah, all right, okay. <laughs> that's what it is. That's uh... something you said though made me think. You know, so we were saying about you know, it's balance. Balance is hard when you start to think about, or when you overthink about it. I wonder if that's the same with other things. So, like, you know, we're trying, we all basically try to find a balance in our lives. I wonder if that starts to mess up when you try to overanalyze it as well. Like, should I have 20 minutes of reading my book today or an hour? <laughs> it's like, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> it's like driving a car. Or once you know you can do it, you're not really thinking about the doing of it. You're just doing it. Mm. Like your brain goes into some sort of autopilot thing. You can drive a car and do other things. Obviously, you mm. concentrate on the road, but you're not. Something takes over, and you don't mm. have to think about the mechanics of doing it in the way that when you were learning to drive a yeah. car, you have to think about absolutely everything. Yeah, and it's the same when you're learning how to do stand-up comedy because you're thinking about the jokes, you're thinking about the reactions of things. But once you know you're set, you're just doing yeah. it on autopilot, and then you're thinking about other things while you're doing it because you know mm. how to pace everything. You know how to. You even know where you'll go next if a bit didn't quite work. You, you, mm. you just think, oh, well, I'll drop the next bit and I'll do this bit because this will save it and blah, blah, And you, mm. that's all automatic. But when you start, you don't have all these motor skills in the back. And imagine a lot of yoga poses perhaps just becomes an instinctual thing that you don't have to think about the placement of things. You can just go from one thing to another a little bit more. And yeah. And actually, that's like a really, that's a bit of a big thing. Like the more you practice, you know, that that's something that people try to emphasize. Like you will have teachers that say, oh, do it as if it was your first time. And what they're just trying to say is like, really put your attention into it. Because that's one of the things about yoga, isn't it? That mental connection between the mind and the body and like really focusing on the body. And the more you practice, the harder it gets not the easier. That part gets harder because it's really easy, or not easy, but easier, I should say. You know, it's, it becomes more instinctual how you do the poses, what muscles engage, what muscles don't engage. And if you don't think about it, you can just float through them and your mind's still off somewhere else, not even paying attention to what you're doing anymore because you, you're used to it, you know, after a while. And that's, that's where you have to have those like key moments where you're like, now stop and just really pay attention <laughs> just in case you've decided you're doing this on rote and your mind is actually thinking about that email you're going to send. <laughs> Happens in meditation as well when you think you're doing it right and suddenly you're like, oh, now I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so is there anything else you wanted to cover before we get off? Because I was hoping to finish by 4.30. Briefly, quickly. When you said uh, you were telling your corporate class about it the other day, and you said, I'm doing a podcast with my friend, I mean student. And I thought, all right, I haven't <laughs> <laughs> made it into the friend category yet, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I did actually say friend, student, comedian, 
someone I know from another class. I kind of like fumbled myself a little bit. But I'll tell you this though, on the last class, last couple of classes I've had, I've done a very good job selling our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't know if we're friends yet or not. but that's, Sure, that's we can be friends. It's weird, eh? You don't ask people that, do you? You don't go, are we friends yet? Well, maybe when you get past about six, you don't really say, will you be my friend now, please? <laughs> you, apart from when you're asking, literally asking people on Facebook that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my friend. And by friend, I mean acquaintance. Because <laughs> I only just met you. <laughs> we don't have to commit to being friends yet if you don't want. But I think we're friends now. That's nice. I don't make many new friends because I think lots of people have a very... I only know through so many people speaking to me like months after I first met them saying, actually, it turns out you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, God, I must be so bad at first impressions. <laughs> I think I've, so that's why I don't make many friends because people think, oh, he's weird and doesn't want to talk to me. So, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I find that I'm really friendly, but people are busy. Maybe that's because of the nature of where I meet people. Like, usually as a teacher, I'm in a studio or something. And people always seem to be really busy. They always want to do stuff and leave. And I'm like, I feel like a lost puppy. Can I come with? <laughs> you going out to eat? Well, I've got nothing to do for the rest of the day. You know, and then it's like, oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it, Kayla? Don't do that. <laughs> so then I don't. And then it's like, oh, I don't really have any friends because, uh, <laughs> you know. I don't Also, I just, I don't know. I sort of talk about not having many friends, but I don't actually always like getting close to people either. Well, I always feel like you can't be authentic. So if you have too many friends, you can't be an authentic friend to every single one of them. So you end up either not being a very good friend or only having acquaintances or something. I don't know. So I don't I don't really have any friends. I said, no, nah, I've got one friend. Who? <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, never mind. <laughs> oh, wasn't that nice? Just give you a few seconds more to wipe the tears from your eyes there. Or maybe you're vomiting into something, I don't know. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please do subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Go on. Thought be a bit more direct about it this week, because usually you're like, oh no, if you don't mind, maybe you can do this. And then everyone listening thinks, ah, someone else will do that. But no, this time I'm talking to you, right? Obviously, if you don't enjoy the show, uh, I would in- encourage you not to do either of those things. But if you do, then that's very nice. I mean, do what you want, obviously. But, you know, these sorts of things are really helpful. Hence the awkward request, you know. Next time, we're talking about my shoulder aching, how many times a week you should be doing yoga, and also I managed to shoehorn two jokes about Greek mythology and I would have done on stage in the last year if I was allowed to perform, but I haven't really been allowed to do much of that. So, bully for me. The music is Dr. Turtle, Kachingus Wonder. It's licensed under Creative Commons. Blah, 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 blah. Bye now.